0: Hello, hello, we welcome you today to Love is Spoken Queer, Gospel Topics, LGBTQ plus voices. I'm Dustin Larson. And I'm Renee Hernandez. And welcome to another bonus. We are just racking up these bonus odes, except this time it is conference edition. Yes, it's been a few weeks since the April 2021 general conference, but we have not forgotten to give you our impressions on conference because it is important to give a queer perspective on these sort of general conferences because I know that it is kind of a trying time for certain people because they don't feel seen in it or they feel triggered by certain things. But we just want to make sure that there is a queer voice when talking about these certain topics and not saying that it's wrong to have be triggered or any of that. But we just want to know that if you're looking for the sacred in a place, at general conference, there is an opportunity to do it when you feel like it is ready. So let's get right into it. Renee. Instead of a normal status update, how about we give our overall impressions or thoughts on conference? So who would you like to go first? I'd love for you to go first, Dustin. Hey, okay, sounds great. I am going to be honest with you. I'm going to be 100, as the kids out there say, hashtag 100, that little emoji where it's the the 100, the red 100. I thought it was kind of a, a normal conference. Like it wasn't anything special. There wasn't anything groundbreaking. It definitely wasn't last year when there was a pandemic during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, bicentennial of the Restoration of the Church. There were some nice Easter talks. There were some nice restoration talks. There were some talks that really got my attention. But overall, I just I thought it was just same stuff, different days sort of thing. And I don't mean that in any sort of offensive way. It, it There was inspirational talks, but I thought it was just one that would probably... I don't know if I'll remember it a year from now or six months from now when we have the next one. But that's just me being 100 with you. Rene, <laughs> what, what are your overall thoughts on conference?
1: Well, my thoughts are a little bit lighter, mostly because I was traveling with my friend when conference was happening. So I didn't get a chance to listen to it live. It was partially out of respect for him. He's gone through his own faith crisis. So yeah. And partially too, it was, I can focus more on our trip. (laughs) And so I've only gotten a chance to really experience what I've read. So it hasn't been like the full conference or anything like that. It's been like Like what I do is just on the daily, I like either read or listen to one of the conferences. So similar to you, I think most of the impression I had conference was what was on my feed from a lot of my friends that are both active and inactive in the church and certain things that were said. But it wasn't how it's been in the past where there was a lot of hurt. went around. At least I didn't get that vibe. Um, In a few of the readings that I did, they weren't that way. The only thing that for me, and this is probably me overanalyzing and I apologize. I think it's just being where I am, the life I'm living right now in education. It was noted to me in my own mind that there's only two female speakers this Mm -hmm. conference and there were a lot more individuals of color that spoke. And of course, I recognize and acknowledge the church trying, which is great. And so I won't diss on that. It's just an acknowledgement, which Doesn't mean neither here. I just, I always love listening to sisters speak. Excuse me, like, I don't want to say binary focus, but yeah, when we speak later, I will get a chance to speak about one of the messages one of the sisters shared, which I really like.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I, I agree. There was a lot less talks that were in your face hurt. like Usually we get at least one talk, especially from President Oaks, about how the LGBTQ community, <laughs> how they fit into the church, but we didn't have any of that right now. So I think the church is learning and growing, and they're being more sympathetic to all their members that are in, in their fold. But yes, I definitely saw that there were only was it only two sisters that spoke in the entire conference? Well, then we were hitting up both of them because I think I chose a sister and you chose a sister to talk about. But yeah, so I also agree. I really enjoyed their their talks. But again, nothing too out of the ordinary. <laughs> but d- yes, I definitely agree with you. A lot less conflict within myself, internal conflict when listening to these. And so I was grateful for that. And I hope other people listening out there didn't feel that conflict as well. And you know what else doesn't bring conflict to our listeners <laughs> and hopefully brings them joy? Our weekly high Yes,
1: so double this week. So yeah, double.
0: Yes, yes. So yeah, you get two high halleluias this week cuz usually on bonus episodes we don't do one, but this is a special bonus episode cuz this kind only happens twice a year for general conference, but because it is so special the rules have been lifted, and there is no common word between me and Renee. We both just had our own high clue, hallelujah that we got from the impression of conference. So, Renee, who would you like to go first? Since this, this is kind of in between, so we don't have a rotation, I'll give you the choice of who would you like to go first. I'll just go first. I'll be selfish. Sounds great.
1: Um, because I think I misread your text because I thought we had to include conference in it, so I did. But it oh. does not matter. <laughs> like a thing. So I said, "Conference is here." Here, words of contemplation, reflection, and faith. Yay! <laughs> I, I realized now that I used double that here, and I was like, "Oh crap! English sucks." Here and here.
0: <laughs> yeah, the two different, two different heres but that's fine. Well, you, you can end you can end a word with the same uh, a sentence with the same word. I am not a judge of that. I think when you do it in songs and you can't tell, then more power to you. But whatever. So here we go. So this is my hallelujah on general conference. He's risen for all. He knows each of our struggles. Always remember. Aww. Yay. So yeah, again, I keep forgetting that it was on Easter Sunday until I go back and I read all the the Easter Sunday talks <laughs> that they were talking about. I think yours is, is one that really focused on, on Easter Sunday and the resurrection and stuff like that. But I'm not going to steal your thunder. I'm going to let you talk about it. But who, now who would you like to go first as far as sharing talks?
1: Uh, why don't you do the anders I'd love to hear yours. I actually okay. got a chance to read yours, so I'm actually excited too.
0: Okay, so listeners out there, so what we're going to do is I chose a talk that really stood out to me and Renee chose a talk that really stood out to him, and we're going to basically just share our kind of impressions and then kind of discuss where we f- we feel like we would like to discuss. If I have nothing to say about Renee, I won't take it hard. <laughs> if he doesn't have anything to say about mine, that's totally fine, but we're just going to do it loosey-goosey here and, and see what the has an impression on our impression. So here we go. So I'm going to go first. So I chose Essential Conversations by Joy D. Jones, who is the recently released primary general president. And so one of the main things that kind of jumped out at me, and she was talking about teaching our children young, and that's all aspects of the gospel. That's of the atonement, that's of their salvation, that's of this and of that. Like they're saying that there's no time too early to talk to your children about gospel topics is basically what the gist was. And so the first thing that jumped out at me was she goes, why do we call it primary when they're kids? And she says to our heavenly father, children have never been secondary. They've always been primary. And I thought that was really great because if we always treat children as primary, then putting their needs and their wants and their hopes and their dreams at the forefront of our lives as parents, hopefully down the road, we'll be able to experience that. If we put them first and foremost, then that's going to just have a chain reaction of them putting others first and foremost as well. And when they become older, their children first and foremost. So it's really important to treat these children Because as they talk about later on, they are in this spiritual and very special place in their lives where the adversary doesn't have much influence on them. Because they're still so close to the veil of just coming from the pre-existence and coming into earth that God has somewhat protected them for this period of time for parents to really do their best to promote Christ-like attributes. And so then she goes on to say that he, talking about God and Christ, trusts us to value, respect, protect them as children of God. That means we never harm them physically, verbally, or emotionally in any way, even when tensions and pressures run high. Instead, we value children and we do all we can to combat the evils of abuse. Their care is primary to us as it is to him." And why this really jumped out at me is because this really goes back to the proclamation of the family. And I know this is kind of a sensitive subject for you because you're still kind of figuring out what that exactly means to you and how how you fit into it. But I think this is another example of my campaign to say that throwing out our queer children for being queer of the home is also in violation of the proclamation of the family. Because in the proclamation of the family, it says... That is the job of the husband and wife, father, mother, caregivers to protect their family from emotional, physical, psychological abuse. And if they do not protect them, that is a violation of the proclamation of the family. And here she just restates that, that God wants us to never harm them physically, verbally, emotionally in any way and that is true for all children, no matter their walks of life. And even, especially if you're getting the inkling that you may have a queer child, like I'm, I haven't had this conversation with my parents, which. It has inspired me to do, but I wonder if they had a sense of who I could eventually become based on how I was acting as a child, because sometimes children are in their purest form. They don't feel like they have to hide who they are because they don't even know who they are yet. And so this is just Joy D. Jones just reaffirming to us that we need to protect our children And make sure no harm comes to them because that is being a true disciple of Christ. And that is what Christ is asking us to do because he loves these children because they just came from him to us. And he's only giving them to us to protect until they can go back to him again. So they're just, we're just borrowing them. And so we need to treat them as the precious things that they are.
1: It remind me if I'm I'm going off here. Your the talk. you your is also the one where she brings up. I can't remember if it's her a family a friend of hers that goes to the Vietnam War. Right? Yes, and- yes, that's it. Part of the training, they are told to lay on the ground for two hours in the heat and not move. But in the end, it ended up being something when they were actually in war and ended up saving their lives. While he hated it in the training, he came to realize how vital it became in his survival, in reality, in, in in war. And when I was thinking about that, I mentioned before, I think, in the podcast that my parents came to the United States when I was really little. So growing up, I kind of felt abandoned by my parents a little bit because I they did send me stuff like I had all all the luxuries a, a person can have you know clothing food because they were sending money to El Salvador to my grandparents but I didn't have them and then of course I've also shared all the stuff that happened to me while I was in El Salvador and for a minute I kind of blame my parents because if they'd been there maybe that stuff wouldn't have happened I don't know if that's true or anything and as I've gotten older and I've had a chance to finally listen to my parents stories and ask them questions I've realized The big sacrifice that they make, they did make, and how hard it was for them to leave me. And to know all the stuff that happened to me because they left, Um, it wasn't easy. And what that taught me, I guess, was kind of like the principle she was teaching. I didn't think I was their primary focus, or you know, they didn't care about me. And then as I got older, I came to realize that they hadn't done the stuff that I they'd done. Even though I now I have the trauma that I do, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish all the wonderful things that they've given me the opportunity to have. And so while it sucked. At the beginning. And it still sucks sometimes too. In the long run, they really did provide me the best roadmap that I could have had otherwise. Like I'm not saying I couldn't have thrived in El Salvador. I just think that my opportunities grew tenfold, if not more, especially being introduced to the gospel, you know? So uh her talk was really impactful because it shows you not just the importance of the children and protecting them and raising them, but also the power that parents play in our roles and yeah, in the impact that they can have on so much. Some things I don't even know. Like I haven't shared everything with my parents, obviously. So but yeah, I really liked your talk.
0: Thank you for sharing that because it also brings up into perspective what I, I'm glad that you're constantly doing is everyone's experience is different. And this is also a call to action to those who find themselves in parental roles that they aren't necessarily blood related or like you live with your grandparents. And so they served as your kind of surrogate parents while your true parents were up trying to make a better life for you and to realize that everyone's experiences are differently. But if you find yourself in the position of being a parent to an individual, a child, someone who needs your nurturing, your care, and your protection until they're able to kind of go off on their own to put them as your primary care, as much as you're able to. And sometimes it might not come across to that person, like you were saying, as you being primary, but looking back on it and seeing that in a way you were just really puts into perspective that everyone has different experiences and it's not necessarily the nuclear family. But yeah, so thank you for sharing that. And to know that that's another reason to just treat everyone in our lives how Christ would have liked us to be treated because we never know when a parent has to leave that person's life for a period of time to provide for them. And if we treat everyone like we're supposed to be treated, no matter who we end up with, we will know that we will will be treated as Christ wants us to be treated.
1: And I, I will have to say you're 100% right. Uh, my grandparents were an integral part in who I am now. Like for the longest time, they were my mom and dad, you know. They taught me a lot of my religious beliefs and a lot of my self-disciplines, which I apply now, which is something I'll never forget them for. Well, my grandma's still alive, my grandpa, you know. Would you like me to jump into my uh, talk as well? Or would you like to share some more insights in yours?
0: I have one last little blurb from her talk that I just would like to end on. And then, yeah, we can transition into yours. So the last thing that she said that really jumped out at me was, as we nurture and prepare our children, we allow for their agency. We love them with all our heart. We teach them God's commandments and his gift of repentance. And we never, ever give up on them. After all, isn't this the Lord's way with each of us? And I just want to restate that this is how we should treat all of God's children, no matter their walk of life, and especially queer children as well, because just because they're queer doesn't mean the rules do not apply to them as far as it goes of nurturing them. And I just want to really, really reiterate that Christ wants us to love ourselves as we love other people and to treat them in that way. And especially the children, the most vulnerable need to be treated that way. And they need to be loved. They need to be cherished. They need to be protected. And it is our our duty as disciples of Christ to make sure that happens and to protect them and especially our queer our queer children out there.
1: Oh, that's that's awesome. Thank you, Dustin.
0: And so let's hear yours now, Renee.
1: Okay. So my talk that I chose to share with y'all, and hopefully you you enjoy it a little bit. It's called The Grave Has No Victory. It's by Reina E. Aburto. She's the second counselor in the religious general presidency. I kind of like her a lot. I relate a lot to her with the exception of our genders being different, but like, she's from Central America, same as me. She's an immigrant, same as me. She grew up in California for part of life, like me, and then she moved to Utah, like me, and she married a Mexican. Eh, that part we'll, we'll we'll forgive her for, but- um,
0: uh, Justin has left the meeting.
1: <laughs> I'm kidding. Go on, go on. I'm just teasing, um, but no, I really respect her and I really appreciate that she speaks, Uh, And and I do have to say that that goes to say for the power of representation in the church is really nice and edifying when you get to see someone who you self-identify with more. And I also respect and love women. It was great. And the reason I really loved her talk is that the title kind of gives it away, right? It's Easter. (laughs) The general conference was over Easter. It was talking about the resurrection of the Lord. And that's honestly what her whole talk is about. It's about talking about grief. And it focuses on the Lord and his sacrifice. And it talks about the grief that all those around him had to go through and how they even while they were grieving, they still went through the motions of taking care of the burial, the preparation, the care, the attention. Like they still went through all the motions. And a lot of our loved ones go through that a lot. In my lifetime, I haven't had a chance to go to a lot of funerals. I've gone to one for my co- one of my cousins, which but I was young, so I don't recall too well. And then I didn't get to go to my grandpa's, so I never went to that one. And those are the only experience I had. But recently when I was dating Tommy, I had the opportunity if you will, to go to his grandma's funeral. And that was the first time that I was a full-on participant in all the aspects of a ceremony. And I was able to see his family struggle with a smile. Like they were smiling because they knew that, you know, they would all see her again. And that's an aspect of the plan of salvation that I have really loved. And grieving in our time of COVID-19 is taking a different meaning for a lot of people. For some, it is COVID itself. And for some, it's more the social injustices that have been revealed and highlighted even more so than they were ever before. And depending on what it is, our process of grieving and trying to understand everything has been pretty gnarly. And I think what I loved about Sister Aburto's talk was that she said that the Lord is there for us to help us and guide us in all those different things. She shares a story about like her brother and his passing. And then she also goes ahead and shares that she had a dream that he came to her basically and he knocked on the door and went and said, Hey, I couldn't be with you before, but I'm here now and I'm not going to leave. And she didn't quite understand that. She wasn't a member of the church or understood the plan of salvation. And then when she came to that knowledge, she Realized what he meant. He meant that families can always be together and that because of the Lord and his power of resurrection, we'll all get to rise and feel of his love again. And she concludes with a part that I really loved. And she says, I testify that through the redeeming atonement and glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ, broken hearts can be healed, anguish can become peace, and distress can become hope. He can embrace us in his arms of mercy, comforting, empowering, and healing each of us. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And as you all know, like I've been going through the the emotions of grief because of my breakup and stuff like that. And this message really impacted me because it allowed me to see that the power of the resurrection and the atonement of the Lord extends beyond just the dead. It really does impact the living as well. And how we can help overcome a lot of our emotional struggles. And knowing that just the, like the Lord had a lot of individuals that prepared for, you know, his stage of passing. We have a lot of incredible individuals in our lives too that can help us. And one of the mightiest is the Lord himself, if we can we're willing to trust and rely on him. And so I really loved her talk because I feel like that's the main spirit admitted. It was one of love, compassion, reassurance, and that there's a path to the future, even though it seems really, really daunting. It's still very, very much there. Yeah. So those are some of my thoughts.
0: Yes. Thank you for sharing that. And what I got out of from what you were saying and from reading it and listening to it as well is grief is an important part of life's emotions And it's something that everyone experiences, even those that were close to Christ, experience the grief because it's it's a human emotion. It's something that we need to do. And it allows us to then know what happiness is. Because once we get through the grief of losing that person, then we can think about the happiness of, of meeting them again. And I think that is specifically what was taught with Christ's resurrection is to not live your whole life in the grief, but to know that grief is just a moment and that it will be met with, with happiness once once you pass through. Because that's exactly what he did is he went through grief in the garden before he was crucified and then he was Able to bring salvation to all of us and an eternal an happiness that he will be experiencing for time and all eternity, and he wants us to feel that as well. He wants us to go through the grief, but then make it out on the other side and feel the happiness in the salvation that he's able to afford us. Yeah, no, I really love that. Thanks. And so, Renee, before we leave our listeners, what do you feel kind of called to do? between now and next conference between this next week like at the moment we top off this this zoom call what do you just feel called to do in the moment based on our discussion today and just kind of general conference as a whole
1: i think most of the mind calls to arms right now to survive to the end of school <laughs> i know it's not very welcoming but um the make the primary focus right now in my life myself which i know sounds selfish but there's a lot of things that i need to Figure out, and my emotions aren't the most stable right now. And I think I think that's what I'm called to do.
0: And and don't feel bad because sometimes we, especially when you're going through different experiences and new experiences that you have gone through in the past year, and a lot of people have gone through in the past year. But we need to ourselves first in order to be there for other people. Because just like when you're saving someone <laughs> like from drowning, you need to make sure that you're in a safe place to then save them because they could easily overcome you and you both go down. So don't feel bad about putting yourself first because that's what you need to do to emotionally save yourself from, from life right now that feels like you're, you're barely keeping your head about water. But just know that that will soon subside and you can hop back in the ship and come to the rescue for someone else that may need it. But yeah, you need to think about you at this point moment.
1: So how about you, Dustin? What have you been called to?
0: I feel called to go back and read the conference talks with a more open mind because I think I was going into conference weekend hoping for some earth shattering revelation. And because I didn't get it, I kind of like brushed off a lot of the talks as "eb" eh, they there done that. But now hearing this particular talk from you, from your perspective, she wasn't one of the talks that I brushed off, but hearing a new perspective on it, I wonder if I can go in with fresh eyes and find even more perspective on the other talks, that I kind of brushed to the side to not to not <laughs> criticize them or judge them so harshly, only because they weren't earth shattering revelation, but to go back and see them for what they were, just testimony shared from individuals that had a close relationship with God in the moment. So that's what I feel called to do. I love it. And listeners, if you want to share your perspectives of your impressions of this past conference, feel free to share them with us. And if we we get a bunch of them, we'll we'll share them on the air as well, because we just love sharing other people's opinions and thoughts and and wants and needs and and things when it comes to this sort of topic. So yeah, feel free to share them. And you can do that by sending them into lovespokenqueer at gmail.com, or you can send us a direct message on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. The last thing we have to do is to remind our listeners that we love you, we see you, we hear you, and we thank you for listening and to remember to be true to you. And love one another. Until next time, bye you've just listened to another episode of love is spoken queer if you want to join in on the conversation feel free to send us an email at our gmail account which is love at gmail.com or send us a direct message on our social channels you can find us on facebook twitter and instagram and if you really love our episodes and our show make sure that you rate review and subscribe on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts that is the fastest way for us to share our words with everyone out there so again thank you for listening